Welcome to Calvary. I'm Carter and I'm the worship and tech director here. We want this to be a place where you can come and worship, get to know God and connect with our community. If you're new here, we can't wait to get to know you. Feel free to message us on social media or text the word hello to 587-323-1199 and we'll respond right back. This is a great first step to joining our church family. We also want you to experience daily personal encounters with God, discipleship, and community. If you want to learn more about our culture here, deepen your relationship with God, and find a small group that you can really connect with, we'd encourage you to talk to one of our volunteers or staff after the service. You know, this once I am in a conversation about God and faith with an acquaintance of mine. He tells me he follows Jesus Christ, and when I ask him what church he is a part of, he says, oh, he says, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I meet every Saturday morning with a couple of friends at Tim Hortons, and that's my church. Hmm, okay. I've had others tell me, I have church every Tuesday evening when I get together with some other ladies and have a Bible study. Well, is that church? You know, we are in the middle of a series on the book of Acts, a historical documentary on how it all begins for the church in the later months of the year 33 AD. That is 1991 years ago. Kind of wild to think about that. The church has certainly looked different throughout the ages and adapted to varying cultures. People have come and gone throughout the ages and the centuries, and yet here we are today. Here we are today, still walking what Jesus started way back then. You know, I've heard other people tell me, well, why do I need church? I worship God out in nature. Well, that's good that you worship God there. In fact, I really connect with God out in nature as well. That we should have a mentality that we worship God 24-7. But is that church? You know, how would you define church? Maybe finish this sentence here. I'll just give you a few moments to think about it. I'd describe church as... Just think about that. The answer to that question is important to explore before we get to our text today, and you'll understand once we get there. Our time today will feel probably more like Bible School 101. Some of us will love it. Um, Others of us may not. But either way, it's good for us. Good for us to think about these things. The book of Acts is the most accurate account recording the events of the early church. And it's important for us to understand what Jesus was getting at when he started the church and what are his priorities for it. And quite frankly, how how that makes any difference for us today here at Calvary. It's one of the reasons why I love the book of Acts. When you consider Jesus and his church's influence on art, 
on science, on government, on medicine and education. If you explore the number of hospitals, the number of educational institutions, including Oxford, Cambridge, Yale, Harvard, and humanitarian initiatives around the world that have been spawned out of Jesus' teaching and the community of people who have sought to obey his call, it is astounding. It has been the most powerful human organizational force for good in this world. There is nothing like the church when the church functions the way God has designed it to function. So, what is it? Well, let's look at a definition. The big word for this study is ecclesiology. Or in other words, it is the theology, it is a definition for what the church is. The Greek word for church in the New Testament is ekklesia. In Greek, in the Greek world, during New Testament times, ekklesia referred to a group of citizens that were called out to assemble for political or civic purposes. Specifically, they were called out to assemble for a particular purpose. Well, in the New Testament, ecclesia always refers to a gathering of people united by a common identity in Christ with the mission of building his church. Let me say it this way. The church is made up of people spiritually joined together with our Heavenly Father by the Holy Spirit through our common faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and leader with the purpose of furthering God's kingdom here on earth. The church is a gathered spiritual community. It's where the people of God connect into community to do the business of the kingdom of God. Now, the church is universal, meaning it consists of all people worldwide, present and past, who have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And as Christians today, we have the connection, this bond with believers throughout history, all of us collectively being the intangible, the invisible, universal church. The church is also local, meaning we assemble, assemble with others, both believers and unbelievers like we're doing here today in our region, in our city, in our community. And you might say, well, wait, the local church in, in includes both people who follow Jesus Christ and people who don't? Well, though only followers of Jesus are actually part of the family of God, the gathering of the community should always include people who are not yet a part of the family of God. The church needs to include unbelievers. We never want to stop inviting people to check out who Jesus is. Never want to stop him gathering with us as we explore together who he is and what it's like to walk together with him throughout this life. So even here in the book of Acts, this church here, people were gathered with them who weren't sure about this Jesus and they were trying to figure it out. Acts chapter 5. So the, the chapter that we're in today, Acts chapter 5, verse 14. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. So if you are here and you have not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, 
then I hope that you feel welcome, that you feel safe and valued as you gather with us and as you're trying to sort some of these things out. The greatest question that we will ever ask, that we will ever have to determine, is what we will do with Jesus. For every follower of Jesus, it is our responsibility and it is our profound privilege to invite people to be with us on this journey. You know, of the 115 verses where church is mentioned in the New Testament, 96 of them refer to instances of the local church. Each assembly has its own uniqueness based on a particular cultural expression, based upon their own style and their theological emphasis. The local church is the visible part of the beautiful, invisible, universal church. I did just a quick glance and counted 18 churches right here in Mill Woods. And if you take the macro view, just of these alone, not even considering the rest of Edmonton or whatever region you may be in if you're watching online, you will notice every age, you will notice every culture, every demographic making each local church beautiful and unique. But we're not talking about buildings. We're not talking about land, even about denominations. The church is a dynamic, ever-changing, ever-growing, living organism of all those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and those who are on that journey towards him. Now, there's a pile of metaphors in the New Testament. If you go to study this, that describe the church. It's actually 11 of them. The most prominent metaphor is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now, once we've surrendered our life to Christ, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So whatever metaphor is used, the gathered church community is the physical representation of Christ on this earth, held together by Jesus Christ and intended as a dwelling place for God himself, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So if you are here today, or perhaps you're listening online and are on the journey of trying to decide whether to follow Jesus Christ or not, it's important that you know right up front that there is an automatic expectation from God that we will participate in church community. Not only when we surrender our life to Christ do we gain a new identity, a new understanding of who we are, but we also gain a spiritual family, a church family. It's a place to belong. It's a place for us to give and receive, a place to serve and be served. It's to know others and to be known by others. 
And when the church functions the way God has designed it to function, there is not another place like it on this planet. There is not another community of people like anywhere on this planet. But how do we determine if the buddies that we go for breakfast every week is a church or not? Is church just sitting here every weekend and then forgetting about it and going about the rest of the week? Well, there are five key elements that define what church is. Let's look at each one briefly. The first is a common identity. The church is made up of people spiritually joined together with our Heavenly Father by the Holy Spirit through our common faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and leader. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit in each believer that binds us together across continents, across cultures, across languages. I understand at one point here in Calvary, we have had 45 different nationalities present. My guess is we've even got more because that was about five years ago. I don't know if you've experienced this before, but this is one of the reasons that no matter where you go in the world, two believers can connect very quickly and very easily because of our common bond in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. A common identity. Number two, that we meet regularly. The church is a group of followers of Jesus Christ that meet on a regular basis for corporate worship and corporate teaching. As believers, we are called to be in relationship with believers, other believers in our region, as the writer of Hebrews admonishes us. He says this in chapter 10, verse 24. He says, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good deeds, good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You may also notice that most of the epistles, most of the letters written in the New Testament, they're written to churches. Some of them are written to individuals by by far the most of them. That means that they they are intended to be read and studied in the context of community because its message is for those who are in that community. So the first two components, they may seem a bit obvious. This third component takes some by surprise. For a group of believers to be called a church, they need defined leadership. Now, there are two broad categories of definable leadership. The first one is divine leadership. Jesus says himself in Matthew 16, verse 18, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Paul reiterates this when he call, in 1 Corinthians when he says Jesus is the head of the church, his body. So there is divine leadership in the form of Jesus Christ. And here at Calvary, we publicly acknowledge his leadership to remind us that as much as this is our church, for those of us who are choosing this to be our church home, it is in our church. It's Christ's church. He's the boss. He's the leader. We submit to his leadership, his direction, his ideas as to how we are to live, where we are to go, and how we relate to each other. The second broad category is human 
leadership. Now, Paul's consistent practice for each church that he establishes is to put identifiable leap group of leaders together in the form of elders. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. And when they had appointed elders for them in, read that there, in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they believed. Elders are one level of human leadership. There are other levels. Paul actually identifies five spiritual gifts that fulfill certain roles of leadership with very specific responsibility. And you can read that for yourself. It's in, it's in your notes there. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. Perhaps if today is your Sabbath, you can go study that uh, for your own later on. There are also instructions that pertain to all of us on how we respond, not just to elders, but to other levels of leadership as well. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders, it says, and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And get this, they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow, because that certainly would not be for your benefit. Leadership, walking in authority, submission, followership, obedience, these are principles in the kingdom of God that govern how we are to relate to each other within the authority structures of the church or the family of God. If I'm honest with you, there have been seasons in my life where I struggled with authority. Rebellion in my heart had a hard time submitting to anyone over me. God needed to deal with me in my heart in regard to this, regarding the pride and the arrogance and the thinking that I knew best. But God has our best and his glory in mind when he instructs the church and he structured the church and our home and society for that matter with authority that help us get along. Throughout the years, I've had to learn some good but tough lessons to help me grow, help me mature emotionally, relationally, and spiritually in my faith in this area. Another set of leaders is what we call today lay pastors. The word lay is a shortened form for the, the, the Greek word laikos, which simply means of the people. Now, you won't find the term lay pastor in Scripture, but the description is in Ephesians 4, verse 11. The pastor's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This is why here at Calvary, we refer to and we commission our small group leaders and our microchurch leaders as lay pastors. And instead of Canadian dollars, they get paid in kingdom currency. It's a really good gig. And one day we'll figure out what that actually looks like. So, the church is a group of followers of Jesus Christ that meet on a regular basis for corporate teaching and worship, have defined leadership. And number four, they practice or perform 
the ordinances. Now, according to the dictionary, an ordinance is a prescribed practice that is decreed by somebody in authority. In this case, especially a deity. The nature of an ordinance in the church is that they are symbols representing significant theological truths. Jesus instituted two ordinances, which are sometimes called sacraments, depending upon your tradition, where you've come from, and they are to be observed by the church on a regular basis. They are baptism and communion. And we have taught extensively on both of these here in the last number of months. You can jump off our website, go to our YouTube channel, and catch that teaching there. Because of the instruction to be baptized and the frequency through which um, communion is encouraged, we encourage our small groups. We encourage our microchurches to practice these things in their group. These are meaningful times connecting with God and connecting with each other. I know of a group here at Calvary that takes communion every time they meet, every week. The last component for a group to be a church is that they pursue God's purposes. The Bible teaches us about what the church should be about, teaches us a lot about that. And if we take all of those instructions and we boil them down, we could bring them to about five distinct purposes. And our small group network here at Calvary has established these as the foundation for our ministry. The list is there in your notes. I'll just read them real quick. Engaging God's presence, that's the the purpose of worship. Going to reach others, that's evangelism. Connecting in community, that's fellowship. Becoming like Jesus, that is discipleship. And serving others' needs, that is the purpose of service. Now, these aren't the only way to describe these purposes. Other churches have come up with their own style and their own flavor, their own way of of describing these things. Um, These aren't necessarily right and others are wrong. They're, They're just different. It's just how we have felt led by the Holy Spirit to define them and walk in them at this time. So, Let's combine these five statements, these five elements of how to define a church into one sentence. Here it is. The church is a group of followers of Jesus Christ that meet on a regular basis for corporate teaching and worship, have defined leadership, perform the ordinances, and pursue God's purposes. So, if that's how... Jesus structured the church. That's how he defines it. That's how he had put the church together. Well, how does Calvary do church? Now we come to our text. Took a little bit to get there. There's no direct description in Acts as to what a weekend service looked like, um, how they operated it. There's no description about what you, you know, technically can do in, a, in an agenda for a small group meeting. I think the Holy Spirit does this on purpose because it can look different in different ages and different places, different cultures. But there is a pattern that we see in our text here today that gives us guidance for how we can structure our ministry as a church. It's Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus 
is the Messiah. Notice two aspects here. In the temple courts, from house to house. This is important because it forms the foundation for Calvary's model. This is what we call the two-wing church. Like any bird, like any airplane, we need two wings to fly. For this model, we need the large group wing and we need a small group wing. The large group wing consists of anything that is intended to minister to people across the larger corporate church community. This is the public front door of the church. So everything from our weekend services like we're doing here today could be children's ministry, guest services, worship and tech, food and fellowship after the service, church-wide initiatives like our barbecues and Christmas in Mill Woods. That's our large group wing. Our small group wing is our small groups and our micro churches. This would include the micro churches, just talked about, men's and women's ministry, freedom session, alpha, mixed adult group, youth and young adults, seniors, small groups. Now, we recognize the value and the importance of both wings in fulfilling our, our vision. Both wings intersect as we seek to reach the world with the hope and the message of Jesus Christ. That's coming right out of our text. In the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Who is he? They never stopped talking about these things. This is our whole purpose. Both wings are needed to fill, to, to have the full experience of growing in Christ here at Calvary. We believe that discipleship happens best in the relational context of a small group. Small groups at Calvary are the primary vehicle for long-term discipleships. And that's why we would say it is our hope, it is our desire that everyone who calls Calvary their home church would be a part of a small group, would be a part of a micro church. And for this reason, everything we do is designed to enable, to, enable people to move from the large group wing over into the small group wing. Now, there are some ministries that serve both the large group and the small group wing. It's right in the middle. It's, it's in there in the fuselage. These ministries would include the Millwood's Care Closet, Prayer Ministry, Mission Servant Council, Marriage and Pre-Marriage, Days of Prayer and Fasting. If you haven't picked it up yet, at Calvary... We value small groups so much that we view them as mini churches, a mini Calvary community church. And what I'm fascinated by this text and about this model here in Acts chapter 5, verse 42, is that the church didn't see what was just around the corner for them literally days away. From this euphoric incubation of the early church, just three chapters later, literally, I think it was a few days, in chapter eight, God was preparing them for the intense persecution that would scatter the church across the known world at that time. This was the preparation. Is there intense persecution coming for us here in Canada? Well, I believe that God is preparing us 
for whatever is coming in the future for the church here in Canada. With this kind of structure, this type of relating as a church community, we are prepared for the day when the preaching of the Bible in large group public gatherings may not be allowed. Will we be okay? Absolutely we will. Because we're already connected. We can grow the body of Christ. We can, we can be the church underground, below the radar when the need arises because we're already connected in to these micro, these mini churches everywhere around the community. Now, last piece before I introduce someone to you. The mission of the church, the mission of the church is laid out by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. He says this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Each of these new disciples uh, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. The mission, every mini or micro church is to go and make disciples. And as a church, we've added who make disciples. Perhaps you have heard me mention this micro-church concept. It's simply a term, once again, that refers to the full expression of the church in smaller form. That's all it is a microchurch. In fact, some of our small groups as well have all five key elements that make up a church as outlined in Scripture and that we've looked at. In fact, the structure of our church is going to be looking a little bit like this. You know, the hub there is this current facility and all that it offers as a place to raise up and train microchurch leaders and lay pastors. The hub will host our weekend services just like it does here today. In fact, you may not even notice many changes during our large group gatherings like this. The piece that changes is that we are not just a random group of people, Christ followers, who feel called to come to this facility on any given weekend. But we are a collective of microchurches, get this, on mission with Jesus Christ, reaching all kinds of different people groups across this city and across the greater Edmonton area. We're a network, tightly connected. And it's important for us to notice here on this next screen, it's important that each micro church and each small group is directly responsible to the pastoral and elder leadership at Calvary for both accountability and for connectedness. This is the longer-term vision of Calvary Community Church. This is who we are becoming. So let me ask you, who has God put on your heart who does not know Jesus yet? 
Is there a particular need that you see in the people around you that you are uniquely equipped to meet that need? Is there a group of people that you feel drawn to? What about your neighbors? Is there a representative of Jesus in their life? And then I have to ask you, what are you going to do about it? Has God already been prompting you to initiate something to reach this group of people? If so, come talk to us. We'd love to walk with you as you pursue this. If you are already a follower of Jesus Christ, he has given you at least one spiritual gift to serve others with so that as a body of Christ, we can reach others with the message of Jesus. Will you be asking the Holy Spirit about this? Will you be talking to your small group or your micro church so that as a smaller expression of the larger church, you are purposeful, you are intentional to share Jesus with other people? And I'd like to introduce to you a couple guys. Rafael Carballo. I guess it's pronounced Carballo in Spanish. <laughs> and JP. JP, why don't you come? I guess I need this. Rafael, you have started, first of all, a small group uh, here at Calvary. Why don't you share with us some of the reasons to why you did? Okay. Um, the, it's on? Okay. Uh, he's holding the microphone because he knows I talk a lot, so he can pull it away. Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I was working on the care closet um, for the last two years, and I was asked to come to translate for some couples that didn't know enough English. So I started to meet um, people that spoke Spanish. Uh, I had never seen so many Spanish-speaking people in the church. I have been here for about 20 years, more than 20 years, and this is the first time I have seen so many members uh, or visitor uh, that spoke Spanish. So we started a, a life group with some of those people, um, not all of them that came to the care closet and I translated for them, not all of them are in the uh, group, but we're right now we are nine people. Um, there was a need. Um, we, uh, one of the, the requests was that we cover what the service on the previous Sunday to clarify anything that they didn't completely get in English. So um, this group um, is functioning right now pretty much like a family, mm. uh, like a mini church. Um, we presented his uh, baby daughter last Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, next Monday we're going to have, a, I mean next month we will have a baptism, a member of the group. I had never baptized anyone before, but I will do it. And uh, we are um, doing the outreach also, inviting people. Um, we don't want to bring people from other churches. We don't want to steal people from other churches. 
So who is your mission, Rafael? Our mission is uh, the people that don't know God yet. So our purpose is to reach out to uh, Spanish-speaking people and uh, to bring them into the kingdom. Hmm. When I Excellent. pray for the, the when I pray for the balcony to see the balcony uh, full, I, I imagine seeing people um, not from other churches but new converts, hmm. and that's what we want to see in our group hmm. too. Thank you, thank you. Well, and this is JP. JP, uh, you and Monica, we actually introduced you. We were able to dedicate to your Natalia, that's right, last week. Um, your story coming from Mexico, you are refugees. Yeah. Uh, you've been here in Edmonton under a year now um, and have been, you came to Calvary last summer, last fall. Is that right? So what was going on in Mexico for you and your whole transition? That's a whole story that we can't get into today. But how has Calvary been meaningful for you and Monica and your family? Well, uh, I can just testify how great is God. And I can tell you, since the first time I get through those doors, uh, I am still feeling the same love, the same passion, and the same care of the, of the church, of the people who are in the, in the small group, you know. I can put in in simple three three things my experience uh, in Calvary in these months. I think the first one is in the with the small group. You know, uh, we are a group of people who believes in Christ as our Savior, and how the way we are connected and involved. Mm. You know, okay. uh, as a family, as Rafael say as a believers in Christ, and I can see how that seed, that good put in our hearts, is becoming a, a, a little plant, and it's going to be a big tree, and then a whole forest. I can believe that. <laughs> Amen. That's Amen. good. What's your second one? The second one, I think, is the, the transparency of the leadership. I get immense, with, with amazing, with see that, that kind of, of reunion and how, how we made the things here mm. in a very good people and a very good way. And I think the third thing is the, the care closet. Mm. You know, first as a, as a client, as a newcomer, I, I, I went as mm. client as to the care closet. And then while God was supply all my needs, mm. material, physical, spiritual, yeah. I can volunteer it there in the care closet. And it's amazing how we made the, 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 the things here. Um, supplying all the, all the spiritual materials and all the, the needs that people for outside has passing through. And, and it's amazing. And so, now, so you started out as a client, but now you're serving. Yeah, exactly. I started serving. Well I, well, I have work. I have a work and I will... I'm still serving in, yeah. in 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 care closet in a small group and here on Sundays. Yeah. You know, we we talk a lot around Calvary here about two really great ways to get connected. It's to join a small group and serve in some capacity. JP, you did both of them, both you and Monica. You just jumped in with both feet. Welcome here. So glad to have you guys. Thank you.
You know, perhaps your first step is to join a small group, just like JP and Monica did. Um, we already have both small groups and micro churches running. Let me walk you through briefly how to do this uh, and find one. The best way to find a group around here is to simply look for a face that you like. I'm not talking about any of the other faces. I'm just look for the face that you like. Here's how this work. This works. Um, when you're on the way driving here or walking, taking the bus, I encourage you to be asking the Holy Spirit, who is it that you want me to connect with? You know my personality. You know my quirks. You know my gifts. Who can I relate best to? And then when you are dropping your kids off, when you're walking through the foyer, you're standing in line at coffee, you're sitting here in, in our auditorium, in the sanctuary, and you're looking around both before and after the service. Maybe you're just hanging out. You are looking for that face that you like. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit will draw a face out of the crowd, will draw your attention to that person because he wants you to connect to them. So then I would encourage you, go to them. Stick your hand out if you feel comfortable shaking a hand. Introduce yourself and then see where the conversation goes. If it really goes poorly, you know what? No problem. Just say, so great to meet you and move on to the next face that you like. Because in one of those conversations, and I've talked with people who have done this, and they went through like four or five conversations of, with the face that they liked, and they went really poorly, but they didn't give up. That's the key. They didn't give up because I think it was the sixth conversation finally that they had where there was a spark in the relationship and it took off. And in fact, those people were in small group. They invited them into their small group and it was a great way to get connected. If the people that you've really sparked well with um, aren't in small group, well, we've even created small groups around those kinds of relationships. So we'll just figure out any way possible to get you guys connected into community. We love it. So that's, that's the best. I do get excited about these things. So another way, a much more boring way, is to, is to request a group off our website. So and here's how you can do that. Here's a little video. We'll show you. Um, there's a uh, QR code in the back of the chair, chair back in front of you. If you pull out your, um, your phone or your device, uh, if you're up in the balcony, you've got a little card that's on each of the chairs. You could just pull that up. Um, Show it in front of your camera. Once it connects with it, then um, it will take you to our, our uh, front page, our home page at calvarycommunitychurch.ca, which looks like this. It doesn't quite look like that. It looks like this. There we go. Looks like that. Then uh, we can, you go up to the, button, the menu at the top, go down to ministries. It brings you to this page. You can scroll down to small groups, hit that button. 
This will give you a description of the different types of groups that we have. You can scroll down from there. And you can click here. You can hit this button to request a group. A menu will pop up. You can give us all of that information. It goes directly to us and to our leadership team. And then we'll help you find a group from there. Let me just remind us and encourage us. There is nothing. There is nothing like the church when the church functions the way God has designed it to function. I invite you into community. I invite you, even if you're online, I invite you to connect with us in some way and then let's see what God does. Let's pray. God, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for how you've designed the church. You've made it accessible for every single person, no matter what our background, no matter the mistakes we've made, no matter the mess we've made of relationships, no matter what our home life is like, no matter how many times we've been released from our job, no matter how how much money we feel like we don't have, no matter how much we do have in our account, it doesn't matter who people are, God. You have made an opportunity for everyone to belong in your family, in your church. And so I am just so grateful that you love, you love each person. You long for each one of us to be a part of your family. And God, if there is someone here who has not surrendered their life to Christ, then I just, can I just invite you to come over to the, to the side of the stage at the end of the service? We would love to pray for you lead you to Christ. Maybe come, maybe talk to the person who brought you, who you came with here to church today. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. But for all of us, God, we're just so grateful. You are amazing. The church is not perfect, but you are perfect. The church is not always loving, but you are always loving. And you have called us, you, have, you lead the way to help to show the way how we can love more deeply, how we can carry each other's burdens, how we can walk in repentance and confession and forgiveness so that there can be unity in your family. Thank you so much for your church. In Jesus' name, amen.